Welcome to episode two, and uh, today the episode we're diving into is Vicky's Divine Storm. So I'm going to just ask you, explain what that is. Divine Storm is basically when, you know, a number of, uh, when your life feels like it's falling apart. Right. When everything kind of feels like there's a lot of change, there's a lot of, um, you know, stuff that's bringing up a lot of pain for you, and it's all kind of happening at once. It's usually because we wouldn't shift and move unless the universe created a reason for us to. And usually the reason why is because of pain. Yeah. So I'm a big believer. I've been through two or three divine storms. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in, you know, that being a catalyst for change and growth. Yeah. Yeah. So mine began when my when I separated from my husband, um, December, 2014. And we had already had quite a rough year that year. We'd, we had split and then we, you know, um, we came back together again and, um, yeah, obviously it just didn't work out. And that, that point for me, I remember it so clearly. Um, he, we had our family Christmas holiday book to Seal Rocks, which we always went on with friends and um he went and took the kids and I wasn't invited to go and so I spent Christmas on my own and it was probably the most um oh I can't even explain it I was crying on the ground you know screaming and just in so much pain and turmoil and just did not know you know where to turn next basically and um you know it's interesting because the people that show up in your life at those periods of time and the one that I remember the most was because I had Lake Macquarie at the time and you know that's a whole nother story as well running a business when you're going through this Mm. like you know basically I ran out Mm. I ran my members out because Mm. no one wanted to be around I was such a heavy energy Mm. and now learning about my emotional authority you know far out I was in that funk for that emotional wave for about six months Mm. and I mean I'm I can't even you know when you hear how I came out of it Mm. it was kind of like a real slap on the back of the head too Mm. but um, at that point in my life, I remember um, my mate CJ, he used to just come and pick me up in the morning. He'd meet me at the gym. He'd ring me in the morning. He'd say, you want to go train? I'd go, yep, I'd train. I'd go in there. <laughs> I'd meet him in there. And he would, I would be standing there crying. <sighs> like my, my, I couldn't even lift a barbell. Like I just had no physical energy. I was just so depleted. And, you know, he'd, he'd train and then he'd go, you want to go get some food? We'll go to the, go swim at the beach. And we'd go and do that. And then he'd drop me home at lunch and probably shake the shit out of himself. Because he's just <laughs> like, get away from that so heavy. But you know what? He did that like day after day. It just, you know, during that period of time, that two weeks where I just, my whole world was just falling apart. And he, he didn't shy away from it. And I just, you know, that is such a huge thing. I feel like, you know, now that I reflect on those things, 
it's it's very rare that you have friends that support you through they a lot of people only want you when you're good mm. um not many people want to stick around when you're not that good yeah, you know that's true um so that's when you know you you've got a you know a good person in your life and cj um, walker shout out for yeah you. shout out to you cj absolute legend good bloke and um yeah and then <clears throat> he then that you know life sort of took a really hectic turn um a period of my life that I do carry a lot of shame in the way I behaved um and you know I do reflect on it and think well you know if only I could have I would have done things differently I definitely would have but I had to do those things to learn um yeah and at the time it's 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 that that whole saying that when the student is ready the teacher will appear And my beautiful friend, Megs Barton, she showed up. She was a member at my gym. And it's funny because I used to love her. She used to, little blonde, spiky hair. <laughs> she used to come in and she was just such a, you know, I just, just so much fun, such a great energy. And then when this happened, she just used to check on me every day, mm. you know, send me a beautiful message, mm. support me in the gym. And I was awful. Mm. I, no, I didn't want to be around myself, mm. let alone how everyone else would have felt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it would have been such a tough time for my business partner at the time. And, you know, it was just, it just, it's so interesting how much life is affected when there's that inner turmoil. Mm. And Meg's being the yoga um you know into Mm. yoga and very much into that spiritual realm and you know she sort of set me on that path of um you know being a little bit more open or being open to being open to those things and what it was was um she got me to read a book and it was the power of now by Mm. Eckhart Tolle and that was really Oh, life changing for me. And at the time when I read it, like I understand that these books, you that you read them over and over again, and each time you pick up new things or think things will resonate to you. But it's interesting when you start to read these things, how your logical mind tries to make sense of it, and really, it's not meant to. Mm. It's not really meant to. It's things that you need to know will um, you'll grasp, and then yeah. as you progress through that that timing. So yeah, twenty fourteen was a huge year. Um, you know, really. Um, very reactive i'm very i was very reactive emotional um my husband and i i would like to say that we were actually quite we should be quite ashamed of ourselves in the way that we behaved um especially to our children but then at the same time you know they say where there is love the polarity is hate and i would say that that's where we were at um i think there was you know there was a third person involved and um you know it, it really, I, I, I mean, I could dive in, I could write a book about these things that happened, but I'm not going to go that far because at the end of the day, that's in the past. But I can only speak about my behavior. And um, I was, you know, showing up to her house and, you know, just being so um, reckless in a way. Um, I got arrested. Um, I got a, accused of... Um, domestic violence Mm -hmm. and police turned up to my door and you know at like five in the morning one time me and my daughter Caitlin were Mm -hmm. asleep and um yeah the police rock up and they said Vicky you're under arrest 
And I was just like, I was like, what the hell? Ended up getting put on an AVO. And that was the point for me. Now, Meg, Meg's a state, she'd stuck with me the whole time. And I'm, you know, I look at that and, and I used to be quite ashamed of it. But at the end of the day, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have stopped. So I got the AVO put on me. And um, from that point forward, I couldn't have any contact with him, my ex-husband. I wasn't allowed to message him. I wasn't allowed to, you know, I couldn't find out about my kids. I couldn't do anything. So it really made me have to really sit. And it was from that point on that I was like, I was at the lowest of lows. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have gone any lower, you know, sitting there having your tattoos photographed kind of thing Mm -hmm. and just going, what the hell? And then having a court case where I had to, you know, pay $10,000 to get a barrister to Mm -hmm. support me through this, which Mm I got off mm-hmm. um obviously um because truth be told yeah yeah and so it was just a time of my life that I look back on and I'm as hard as it was I'm so freaking grateful for the journey and um it was a great opportunity you know every time I used to get these text messages and I couldn't reply they were horrible text messages and I just couldn't reply so to he them. was allowed to t- contact yes. you but you weren't allowed to contact him yes Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So he would send me messages and I just couldn't reply to any of it. I mean, you know, if it was related to the kids, Mm -hmm. he could, yeah, he was texting me. And um, so it was really, it was just a great opportunity to practice patience and not being so reactive and, you know, all that. But as you said in in episode one, you know, it's it's a practice and Mm -hmm. you've got to maintain it. And um, I definitely, you know, slipped off that sort of path and... You know, I've met my husband today and, you know, he's amazing. And we have just recently, probably the last six months, we've actually had quite a, another journey that, you know, blending families and all that's a, another story in itself, which, you know, we're going to all get to know. No, no, um, nothing's hidden in this, right? <laughs> no, nothing's off limits. No, nothing's off limits. But, um, yeah, he, um, he... We just recently have just, you know, the the closing of the business with COVID and, um, yeah, I mean, just the normal life of blending families. And so it's really made me, you know, um, money blocks that I'm working through myself, which have stemmed from my childhood and, you know, all these things. I'm just... And the fear of being seen in my business is another one that's huge. Like this for me is huge Mm. to be putting myself out here like this and... um, you know, anyway, we're doing it and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually feeling quite okay about it. But, you know, all these things have just really made me stop and start to dive back into it all and, mm. you know, do that work and look at my shadows and, and, yeah, stepped into this human design, which is really, really, really has been quite um, a profound journey for me. It's really, it's quite emotional, um, you know, stepping into my gene keys and just seeing that, you know, the frequency that we're living on, you know, how frequency of like the power of our thoughts, our mind, how it can affect the frequency within our DNA and everything. Like it's Mm. just blowing my mind. Like I'm just loving it. And yeah, so it's been a real, real, um, real journey, Mm. stepping back into it. But yeah, grateful for the lessons and the people that have stepped into my life, you know, along the way. And I mean, they're just two people that I can think of off the top of my head. There's been others, but yeah. You know, they're the ones that have really stood out. Mm. Oh, and I must say, Lee, my girlfriend, like I just had breakfast with her this morning. 
you know, same thing. I used to turn up to her business, an absolute emotional wreck. She used to stop everything. She had a cafe Mm. and I'd be there on the side crying because of some other situation that had arisen Mm. that I had no control over that I couldn't even, you know, write back to, Mm. you know, and it was just insane. And she was just there for me every single step of the way. And, you know, it's just those people are just so special, you know, Mm. that they, they, they're happy to be there through the bad yeah not just take the good yeah just not for the good times not for the good times and you know as i'm getting older you know the the what i'm looking for in relationships with friendships and things like that is that deeper connection you know Mm. surface level i'm done with that Mm. you know it's it's exhausting it's exhausting yeah Mm. and um yeah i'm really done with it yeah if you had one bit of advice to give people, like going through everything you've been through and, you know, going through pain and knowing, like not knowing what's on the other side of it, what would you, what advice would you give to someone who is going through some pain right now, going through maybe a divine storm, everything's going wrong at the one time, mm. what would you say? Oh, okay. I'm... Maybe I need to look at that question a little bit different and think about what would I tell myself because this could, you know, if if I had my time again, I would have been a lot more, I would have want, I would want to be a lot more in control of my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I understand that that's, that's the work that I've had to do to, Mm. you know, so I, you know, being not so reactive, um, trying to be a lot more compassionate to myself, mm-hmm. being kinder to myself and knowing that, you know, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing because it was, yeah, it went for six months, but I just woke up one day and all of a sudden I'd moved through it, mm. you know, and I truly believe that we have the power to heal ourselves. Mm. I truly believe it. You know, it, it just, it's like, we have to wake up that day and decide, are we going to sit in this shit mm-hmm. for another day mm-hmm. or are we going to actively choose something different? Mm. You know, and it does, there's two choices, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I just, yeah. Mm. Moving, I love that. Yeah. Moving through it and choosing something different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Choose, making a different choice. Yeah. Making a different choice. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh. And, and pure ownership. Yeah. I think yeah. that is huge. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day and, and it's, I still do it now. I, I definitely do it, you know, and I, that victim mode and that pointing the finger and blaming other people for the, the inner turmoil that you're Mm. experiencing and, you know, having ownership on that. Yeah. You know? And I think what we do so often is we want things to be different. We think we have control and we, we resist reality. We, Mm. we want, you know, we judge how things are playing out in our lives and we think that they should be different when actually they can't be because they are Mm. you know like the life is unfolding exactly as it should be and who are we to think we have any control over that yeah like who the hell are we to think that we know best yeah you know life's happening for us yes not to us yes um so i think it's really important to you know i sometimes you know when stuff goes wrong I just sit there and I have a bit of a giggle. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is good. What yeah, am I? Got what me, I, what got me I got, good here. Yeah. What have I got <laughs> to listen to? What lesson I've got to learn? Yeah. What, what's What's in this for me? Mm. And um, you know, diving into human design has sort of made me, you know, when feelings or emotions or, or situations arise, it's like, is this true for me? Mm. Like, is this my stuff? Yeah. Or is this a belief or a limiting belief that I have? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
I love that. Well, on that, let's dive into the human design stuff a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell me what is an aura in human design? Yeah. So last week we talked about types and there's the five types um, and three of them are um, energy types. So your manifester, your generator, your manifesting generator, they're, they're like energy types. They're pretty big energies. Mm-hmm. And then we have the two uh, non-energy types. So they don't have a defined motor. So um, the energy types have a defined motor, which mm-hmm. is, you know, your, your throat is a defined mm-hmm. motor. Um, if it's defined, that, mm-hmm. that is. Like it's, yeah. Um, we've got our type and aura. So our aura is, um, so a manifester aura is, it provokes challenge and initiates um, change. Oh, sorry, it provokes challenge and initiates. Hang on. Here we go. Uh, it's the largest of all the auras and its strategy is to inform. So a manifesto, it's, it's quite a big, big energy. Um, it's the, the uh, manifesto's energy is, it's, it's huge. It's, it's the largest of the five types. Okay. And your aura is, um, it's the body of, en- it's the energetic body that surrounds our physical bodies and it extends about six foot from our body. Mm-hmm. So it's that feeling of when you walk into a room, you know, you can sense the, um, you, you can sense what's in the air. You know, mm. if you walk into someone who's just had an argument, you can mm. sense it before you actually take note yeah. or see who those people are. You can sense the energy in the room. Yeah. That's your aura. Yeah. So our auras actually talk to each other before mm. we actually converse. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's huh? crazy. Um, yeah. Each type has a different aura um, and has a different way that um, is designed to energetically communicate and dance with the quantum physics, mm-hmm. like the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. So a manifesto or, or it's, it provokes challenge and initiates. It's the largest of all the auras and its strategy is to inform. A generator aura provokes response from others and from the universe. It's big, it's inviting, and it's super attractive to others. And its strategy is to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, manifesting generator is, it's a huge aura again. And you and I, that's us. Yep. We get no, we can walk into a room and we get noticed. Mm-hmm. We provoke others to ask for a response and we're a hybrid type. So we're, um, we're here to be expressive and the strategies to respond and inform. Yeah. Okay. And our, our projector aura is a focused aura that provokes recognition and invitation. It's very absorbing and its strategy is to wait for the invitation. Mm-hmm. And a reflector aura provokes others to look at them for their reflection. Mm-hmm. And it's sampling aura. It's a sampling aura, so it has the ability to take on different energetic auras, you know, manifest a generator on depending on what day mm-hmm. and depending on the transits and okay. things like that. So you, um, its strategy is to wait for 28 days or an entire lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the aura. Okay. I love that. That's so fascinating that our auras talk to each other before we even talk to each other. I yeah. find that really mm. interesting. Yeah. We also have, you know, when we're sort of living in and out of alignment, depending on, we have these, um, it's like our signature, um, it's, it's, it's the, it's called the signature by type. And as we refer to it in human design, it's the result of you living in alignment with your type and your strategy. So, these are your these are the emotional alignment cues uh when you feel this way by type 
then you're aligned to your design. Mm -hmm. So manifestors feel real peace and ease when things are in alignment and flow. Yeah. Generators, they have this sense of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Manifesting generators, satisfaction and or peace because Mm -hmm. we're a hybrid of the two. Mm -hmm. Projectors feel really successful. They're just totally, yep, cool success. Mm. Um, Reflectors feel surprise. Now, when you're, when you're in your not-self, your not-self is like, it's the ego, it's the conditioning, it's the patterns and fear-based responses that are not in alignment with you. And from a young age, we are exposed to conditioning from our parents and our families, school, the media, community and advertising. Um, we can see through our human design what are more susceptible to, what areas are more susceptible to conditioning and shows um, the most dominant emotion that we feel when we're feeling out of alignment and a little bit experience, a little bit out of control or experiencing someone else's energy. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, manifestors will feel anger. So the anger is preventing you from being in your power. Mm-hmm. Uh, generators can feel really frustrated. So frustration mm-hmm. and this frustration can keep you from mastering your work. Um, manifesting generators have a combination of the two mm. anger and frustration yeah oh my God. and yeah it's for me personally as a manifesting generator I find that I get really frustrated and yeah. then I might have a bit of an an outer burst and yeah. that's anger mm-hmm. and with what's been going on in my life just recently I've been finding that's been coming up a lot for mm-hmm. me and it's really something that I'm trying not to feel ashamed about and I'm trying to be a lot more open with I've shared a lot with you those feelings and it's it's interesting like I you've created such a safe space for me to share but I still you still do have to talk yourself off a ledge you know when you're sharing those things but you know obviously I'm very aware that the more I can out it the yeah. more I'm you know shed it I'm shedding it and then yeah. losing that powers I'm not yeah. giving it the power that Cuz like Brené Brown says shame can't hide in the dark shame hides in the dark yeah the only the antidote to shame is light, mm. compassion, love, mm. understanding, mm. and I think that was such a sorry to interrupt, but I mm. think that's just something I really want to touch on because it was such a pivotal moment for me learning that that you know that there is like that shame can be shed, yeah, and by doing that, it is by looking at it, sharing it with safe people, obviously, yeah, healing it, and yeah, and the more you run away from it, yeah, the more it rules you because you're yeah. You enter into escaping behaviors. You mm-hmm. have more pain. It draws out longer. You hurt more people around you. Yeah, and I and we just talked about this in the car. Because um, seriously, we never stop talking about this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, people must think we're so weird. But um, the the whole logical mind as well. Our logical mind mm-hmm. knows the information, mm-hmm. but we. And so that whole, you know, if you're sharing something with someone or you're, you know, and they're saying, I know, I know, it's like, no, no, that's Mm, your resistance. mm. Your logical mind knows, but you're not actually integrating and you're not Mm. actually sitting with it and feeling it in your body Mm. and, you know, sitting with it basically. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a, you you know, it's your resistance. It's your resistance to doing the work. Because if you knew, you'd share your experience. That's right. You'd be like, I know, and I struggle, I really struggle with that, or I'm really in the middle of that right now, or, you know, I feel like like you'd be talking about that experience. That's right. So when people don't kind of, you know, delve deeper into it, you know that they're not really... Yeah. You know, and and I get that. I know times that, you know, shame stops you from doing that. Yeah. 
like the bigger the shame that you have, the harder it is to look at. Yeah. Because I remember when I went through my most recent breakup, you know, I was so badly, I thought I was looking at these things. I thought I was trying to unpack what was going on, but my shame and my fear was so huge. Mm. And I asked, you know, about a year later, I remember, you know, really, really asked, like feeling such regret and sadness but I was like, why couldn't I have done this work when we were in the breakup? Because mm. my partner at the time, he was very open to doing the work. Like mm. we went to a counsellor, like yeah. we, he, we loved each other and we were trying to figure out what was going on. Mm. But my shame and fear was so huge. I was so dysregulated. Mm. I could not look at myself. Mm. It wasn't until months later when I could slow down without that fear and shame so strong mm. that I could unpack it. Mm. So I think that's really worth, you know, acknowledging that, mm. you know, when people aren't able to look at themselves, yeah. it's because of that. Yeah. It's because of that shame and that fear that is blocking them. And until they're in a place where they, that, you know, they can wrestle with that or that, that dies a little bit or, you know, they yeah. start going there and they realize, oh, this isn't so scary. Yeah. I can share some of these parts of myself safely. Yeah. Men especially, you know, yeah. a lot of men really struggle with this because they think they're going to be judged. Yeah. Um, until they can feel safe, yeah, they can't look at it. Yeah. And safety is sometimes, you know, I'll tell you this, Vic. Before I broke up with my partner, you know, I never really, like, did any of this sort of... Like, I did leadership work and stuff like that, but not really this sort of work. Yeah. When we broke up, I literally used to Google, like... What what makes a man break up with a woman? Yeah. Why you know why do break why do relationships end? You know, yeah. I was trying so hard to find answers, and the things that kept coming up was you need in a relationship emotional connection, you need safety, yeah, you need um trust, respect, all these things. Now trust, respect, I, I knew all what that all meant, but emotional connection and safety, I didn't really understand. Mm. I had no idea. I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Before that point in my life, I'd never had one person say to me. I feel so connected to you or I feel so safe with you. Thank yeah. you. And since doing this work and understanding that, mm. I've had dozens of people say to me, I feel so connected to you. Yeah. I feel so safe with you. And mm. why? Because I've created that safety. That's right. Yeah. You've done the work. Yeah. And that frequency yeah. is being put out there. That's right. So, so you're meeting that person. Yes. But yeah. what I want to say is I listen to a lot of people say you know, why aren't they sharing with me? Why aren't they, you know, being honest with me? Why aren't mm. they doing the work with me? Mm. Well, are you creating a safe space for them to come to you and do that? Because mm. it could be, that could be within you too, to oh, create we that. actually had this conversation in the lift on the way up. Exactly. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just everywhere. Yeah, it's not, yeah. That's not no, just, yeah, It's everywhere. Yeah, I, yeah. I, w- I work with couples every day. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just so interesting. We can always create that safe space. Yeah. We can create that in our in our you know aura, like that mm. it's safe to share. Well, again, it's bringing your it's it's the frequency that you're yeah. putting out of mm. allowing that to happen, which then brings in the person that then yeah. will let that happen as well. Like yeah. it's yeah, you know, you're being met, hundred percent. So enough about me. Okay. What about you? What, what is it that me? you do? You talked about relationships mm. and stuff like that. So you know, I don't know. Are we saving this for episode three? Um, no, but, episode three. Yes, that's about uh, the big change that we're both yeah. going through at the moment. Yeah. 
So yeah, share with us what it is that you're actually stepping into right now. Yeah, so as I mentioned in episode one, at the beginning of COVID 2020, I went through breakup, businesses closed. So for the last eight years, I've run two women's only gyms based in Newcastle and the Hunter. And, you know, six months ago, I decided I wanted to sell them and I wanted to step into this sort of work full time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over the last two and a half years, three years, I've really, really loved learning about myself, confronting myself, sharing those learnings with other people. And I found I've become a magnet for people coming to me There's to that- learn. Uh, line five profile stepping out stepping yeah, out that's you though like, mm. you're the healer you're the person mm. that you know people are coming to you to get help yeah mm. i get phone calls every day yeah. from clients potential clients friends family yeah you know now that i've created this safety and this connection and this you know understanding of self yeah it's resonating mm. and i am i am really honored to do this work with people and be that person that can support mm. people in coming back to themselves and finding that love mm. within themselves and each other again because you know it's heartbreaking to see how our fear and our our like our emotional home how trapped it can keep mm. us because i've been there you know i i mm. lost a man that was in my life and that i really cared for and loved and was really good to me because of that stuff that I just hadn't healed. Yeah. And that relationship had to happen. Like it yeah. had to go that way. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like anyone, I used to think when I have the relationship, I'll be happy. Yeah. But I got the relationship. I was happy for 18 months. And then all of a sudden that stuff popped up again because I hadn't healed it. And so all of a sudden I was going back to my old patterns and thinking, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Like I was critical, judgmental you know, unsafe, like mm. insecure, um, unappreciative. Yeah. And that was nothing to do with my partner. It was me. You, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm... So the business wrapped up a month ago and, you know, I'm really excited. I feel really pumped to be, you know, I'm involved in a lot of different projects. So doing this podcast with you, um, I'm also doing lots We've of... We've pu- got... Sorry to interrupt. We've actually got our own little work that we're going to be joining forces mm. for. We've got our separate stuff, but mm-hmm. we're going to be joining forces, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, we'll start to unpack that in yeah. the coming weeks. Yeah. Super mm. excited to launch all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm doing lots of public speaking. I'm doing corporate events where I'm doing, you know, helping corporate teams develop emotional connection and safety in the workplace and yeah. with themselves. Yeah. I'm doing a school's uh, girls empowerment program, working yeah. with teenage girls at schools to connect deeper to themselves and understand themselves. Because one thing I've seen in the gyms is I, you know, I'm 40 this year. And so I've seen a lot of women come in in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, feel really lost and feel really, um, you know, ashamed of their bodies and just disconnected from themselves. And after six months of Lausanne, they, you know, they're different people. They've yeah. found their confidence. They've got a community yeah. and they are stronger than ever. And mm. I, you know, I started to think, what would it be like to get in at a younger age and help those women? I don't want to miss, I don't want them to go through decades of pain. Yeah. I want to hit them. So I'm loving that school's program work, um, delivering those programs to schools all around Newcastle and the Hunter. So if you're interested, please send me a DM. And I'm doing relationship coaching and individual coaching. Yeah. Helping people understand their communication styles, yep. their inner child wounding. Um, what their needs are, what their love languages are, um, you know, what their limiting beliefs are, you mm. know, 
how we, you know, like we lock away certain parts of ourselves and, and suppress certain parts of ourselves. We're so disconnected from our emotions and so judgmental of ourselves. So it's just a whole thing. So I'm loving in yeah. being in that space and, and yeah. helping people heal. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's. I'm writing a book as well. Holy Sorry. Holy. Yeah, I'm writing. I love to write. So yeah, yeah. It's good. Creative, creative side. Mm-hmm. We've all got it. Um, yeah. You were just talking about limiting beliefs and things like that, and I see that in my line of work with what I. Of course. Yeah, see it in my line of work with you know, say someone wants to try is trying to get a muscle up. Yeah. And they've got you know they've got the strength they've got the you know, they've got the skill, um, they're able to do all these different aspects of it, but they just, there's this mental block and it, you know, what is that? What is that that's coming up for you about that? And it's, it's interesting how it can really trigger. And and the muscle up is something that I've worked with so many women over Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. we just carry this emotional ick. Yeah. And it's just, it's a limiting belief on whatever that is. Yeah, because it's what we make things mean, isn't it? That's right. It's the meaning you that know? you put towards it. Yeah. 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 And like I remember having a coach say that to me over and over and over. Like I was seeing her about some relationship stuff and I didn't even really understand it at the time. She'd yeah. say, but you that you make that mean this, this and this. You make that. But I was so like staunch on, no, 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 that does mean this. Like if he doesn't do this, it means this. She'd be like, hello, ego. Nerida. <laughs> hello, popping up every time. She said to me once, Nerida. Like, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you actually don't. You actually never can know what's going on for another person. Yeah. Like in their experience, you actually can't. No. Until you ask, like until they share, share it, honestly. Mm. Like you just can't. Mm. And it was such an interesting like learning for me because <laughs> it was the first time I really started to see that emotional home, that way that I would see people around me and reflect back to me, that reticular activator system, mm. I would see it everywhere. This means this, this means this, this means this. No, mm. it actually doesn't. Mm. It's not about you. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's been my biggest, yeah, it's so interesting. But again, it? that's that karmic mirror yeah. that we are, you know. Yes. It, it, yeah. Some of it is our stuff and some yes. of it we do have to look yeah. at and go, ooh, why did that feel a bit? Mm. But a lot of it, when some, when someone's putting their crap onto you, mm-hmm. sometimes it is just that, you're the karmic mirror mm. to make that person have a look at it. it can be mm. negative or positive. It doesn't mm. have to be negative all the time, mm. you know? Yeah. So sometimes it's, yeah, that's what we're here on this earth to do. That's why we're the healers, we're the fixers, we're the, you know? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, um, it's interesting stuff and it's, I'm excited to explore it with our audience a little bit more. You know, it'll be interesting to say, I'd love, I'd love to hear from you guys. Like how much of this work have you done yourselves how familiar with these terms are mm. you? Um, what would you like to learn more about? You know, the human design stuff's really fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah. It's, it's a really new concept, something I haven't really explored too much. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I just find that there's just a huge array of different topics we can dive into and, and have a chat about. And, um, yeah, and I'm loving, like, you know, our human design is that we've got so many things on the go. And I just think that's the spice of life. Like I love living a life where every day I wake up and I'm working on something different. Mm. You know, I'm working on a different project. And I can see that that's really appealing to me too. But there's people out there going, oh my God, that's my worst nightmare. (laughs) I know. A projector (laughs) would think that was horrendous. Exactly. Isn't it interesting? (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. Personally, I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. 
maybe we wrap that up. Yeah, I reckon we leave it there. Mm. So please, again, if this episode resonates for you, please share it out. Tag us both. Send it to a friend. Help us get the word out. And let us know. Is there something you'd like us to talk about specifically? We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for being here again on episode number two. Yay. See you guys. Bye.